Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, hope you're doing well. Um, it's kind of raining in the background. Hopefully it's not too loud for you. But summer in the south, uh, there's a lot of humidity and a lot of rain. So it's a common thing, those of you who live in the south, those of you who don't know, it is humid in the summer for a few months, and there's torrential downpours. Like I was driving home from work yesterday uh, when I got off work, and it was raining so bad down this road I was driving. I, I literally was going like 15 miles an hour because I could not see anything. It was just a flood, like buckets of water on my windshield. And my wipers were great, but I could not see anything, so I was going real slow. And uh, a lot of flooding. Uh, only a, a minimal bit of hydroplaning because I was going so slow, but man, it was pretty crazy. But Anyway, continuing on in uh, the Gospel of Luke, little excerpts. We're gonna. It's gonna be systematic. In other words, it's gonna be in order. I kind of gave a couple excerpts from chapter one, and now I'm gonna talk about a few things in chapter two. And the thing I want to talk about this morning is the title is "No Room." No room, and it's from Luke two six and seven, which says, "And she brought forth her firstborn son." and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, this just stuck out to me big time. We know this story. We've heard it often, a lot. And something I couldn't gloss over this time was the no room part. You know, Jesus was born in a manger. Joseph and Mary, they were there, and... I thought about that, and I'm not trying to, I don't want to over, you know, spiritualize anything at all, but I thought about that. There was no room for them in the end. Like, there was no place for them to go. So they had to go to a dingy manger, and I think about, think about that. You know, Jesus, there was no place for him, for his parents to go, for Jesus to be born. No room. And, and I think about people today. And I go, people don't make room for Jesus. Just that parallel has been sticking out to me like for the last few days, honestly, thinking about it. And I'm just like, people have no room for Jesus. And they're, they're miserable. This is a problem. They're miserable. They're alone. They're empty. They're struggling. They're striving. It's not good. And I think much of that has to do with they have no room for Jesus. And this could, honestly, I believe this can relate to both the unbeliever and the believer. For the unbeliever, they have no room because there's so much sin in the camp and and uh, leaven that they're just like, you know, I just, whatever, I just want to do what I want to do. And basically they're saying, you know what, I like my sin, I'm going to stay in it, I don't care about this whole Jesus, faith, whatever thing, I don't, whatever. You know, so there's that camp. But then also, I also... I also really think about the believer, you know, who is saved, but they're kind of on the sidelines. And I think they're kind of on the sidelines because they're not interacting and taking the lead from the coach, if you will. Like, I'm using analogies, right? Similes and all that. But And so I, they're not leaving room for Jesus. And so they're standing idly by, watching others do work, serve, while in the meantime, they're idle. They're, they're not doing anything. 
but oftentimes it, it starts, struggle starts when we don't leave room for Jesus. And by leave room, I mean let him infiltrate every part of who you are. Let him into your heart. Let him crowd out any and all compromise and complacency and apathy. Let him in. It reminds me of Revelation chapter 3 at the end there where he stands at the door and knocks. So many today are like, well, you know what? The house is pretty full. I got a lot, you know, I got a dinner party going on. There's a lot of stuff happening here. Um, I'm re- I'm remodeling, so Jesus, I'll let you in in a little bit. Uh, doesn't that? It sounds kind of ridiculous. Like what? What? Why would you leave him on the outside? But guys, unfortunately, a lot of people leave Jesus on the outside and they don't let him in because they don't have any room for them, for him. Let him in. Let him into those areas that need to be purified. Let him in so that light can shine, so that sin can be exposed, so that repentance can happen, so that you can start walking strongly. Let him crowd out all that trash and that junk and that sin that that's so quick to just take over, you know. Let him in, and so I don't know. You got. I'm just, I'm just talking here, but I, I really was looking at this and thinking, gotta have room. Leave, you know, leave room for Jesus. Let him in. There was no room for him in the end. He was born in a manger. Don't keep him on the outside. And that's just something that kind of really spoke to me. And open my eyes. That and the fact that Jesus was born to two very poor people. Joseph and Mary offered pigeons and turtle doves in the temple, which was a sign, a sure sign that they didn't have any money, that they were they were not rich, they were not well off. They hardly had anything. But what they did have was God's promises. And what they did experience was God's promises coming to pass. And that's better than any material thing, right? It's amazing. God chooses the lowly. He doesn't go after the rich king. He goes after those who know they are sick, who know they are sinners. He saves them. Let him in. Make room for him. In fact, let him in the house and let him clean house. Take out those things that aren't supposed to be there. And fill the house with those things that please the Lord. Amen. Guys, I hope you have an amazing Wednesday. And we'll talk to you next time.